You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. best English language Fiorentina podcasts on the internet. Welcome to Viola Station. Welcome back Viola fans and to confuse people even more we will talk a little bit about Juventus today. Welcoming back Danny Penza from Black and White and Red all over. We're going to dive into uh past what month month and a half of Juventus life. It's uh getting a little tricky over there for you man how are things with you let's start off with you though yeah it, it it's been a suddenly a very eventful world cup break the last few weeks and that was uh thankfully after i actually got to hang out with tito in person uh in portland oregon so yeah. another person who can vouch for tito being an actual human being who just does yes. not live in a bunker Yes, he's not he's not an AI creation with a you know got the the voice box created to have the sultry dulcitones properly uh, set. Or that, maybe that's pretty maybe it's all just an extra deep fake that we're really putting on now. <laughs> I want, we got to change the subject before y'all blow my cover entirely here. So yeah, Danny, what? So yeah, let's just start out uh, pretty big. What exactly? Is Juve being investigated for in uh in in layperson's terms? Because I think McMike is the one who understands finances, and I'm not smart enough for that as an AI who only does uh Fiorentina stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh in in the shortest version, I can say that they're being investigated for false accounting. And uh as you uh guys might have heard over the last few years, Juventus has have some uh very interesting plus Valenza deals, which you know, when you when you're suddenly signing uh, diminutive Brazilian midfielders valued at 80 million euros, it's it might raise a red flag or two. So uh, essentially, it it has to do with the plus Valencia value, and as we've come to find out the last few weeks, as you know, multiple things have come out, and you know, after the entire board resigned 
right before I went to the doctor's office one day, causing my blood pressure to understandably get higher readings than it probably should have been. <laughs> uh, you know, they, they, uh, they've, they've obviously got the plus of the lens and stuff, but they've also got um, what we're finding out now is that, you know, the, the four months of salary that Juventus players allegedly gave up, allegedly they maybe didn't give up entirely. And there might've been some false, uh, false um, reports on the books there. Um, some under the table payments and yeah, it's just, uh, you know, a lot of allegations about some, some shady dealings with, I mean, you know, as, as we've talked about on our podcast with the financial situation that Juventus has been in the last few years with over 200 million euros of losses each, each fiscal year, you know, to try and basically stay afloat or anything close to it. Sometimes you're going to get desperate and, uh, you know, obviously, as we were saying before we hit record here, the Super League is no longer a thing. That was obviously going to be a huge influx of money for Juventus. They're one of the few teams actually clinging to the Super League life, even though, you know, it doesn't appear to be going anywhere anytime soon at this point, unless you root for an English club, because that's basically the Super League. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just a lot of a lot of drama and you know the the range of of emotions and i guess thoughts of what might actually happen to Juventus pretty much varies from who you ask i mean at at this point i've i've lost track of all the reports and all the you know stuff that's come out in the press about what's actually going on um you know apparently our old buddy um Schmistiano Schmanaldo wants to look at some some stuff and or his lawyers do because he's got about 5,000 lawyers, but yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's a messy situation, no matter how innocent you think Juventus might be. And uh, yeah. So, so what, what do you think is the most likely outcome at this point? Obviously a lot of work to do before we have any real idea, yeah. but like, I mean, do you, you know, we've heard a lot of Juventus is getting relegated to Serie B or. Uh, <laughs> you were looking at our Twitter mentions earlier, weren't you? <laughs> maybe I was, maybe I wasn't. No one can say. No one can yes, say. The, the Arsenal the Arsenal fans suddenly became uh, Italian judicial experts. So, you yeah. uh, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I think relegation, unless, unless you know, something extreme happens is probably out of the out of the realm of possibilities a massive fine is probably the most likely thing um and just you know potential punishments for all the individuals involved i mean you think about it you know you've got andrea agnelli you got pavel nedved you've got uh mariso arriva bene they've all been basically indicted uh and then Fabio Paratici, who's now not even at Juventus anymore. He's, you know, he's running things at Tottenham. He's one of the main figures in all of this. And so who knows what's going to happen with him? It's just, there's a lot of, a lot of layers to this. And it's, it's probably going to take a while to completely unpack all of them. Is is there any concerns being that this is a financial situation? It's being uh, potentially, and and we'll we'll use the word potentially, 
um, covered up due to financial fair play ramifications. Are there concerns inside of the organization or fan base that FFP laws can come in here and uh, include transfer bans, uh, a period, a year, multiple years? Uh, I think you'd be pretty naive to not think that UEFA might have it out for Juventus based on what has happened over the last few months involving the Super League and everything. I mean, I think the the first reaction I had uh, when UEFA said they were opening investigation into Juventus following the the resignation of the board was, here comes Alex Seferin, and he is out for blood because Andrea Agnelli, not exactly his best friend these days. So, yeah, I, I... I I think maybe if there was to be some sporting stuff, it would be at the UEFA level just because of what what has transpired and everything that has gone on. Um, so, you know, if, if UEFA's investigation does find something, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a transfer ban. I wouldn't be I mean, at this point, you kind of have to, even no matter how innocent you think Juventus might be, you have to have, at least have kind of an open mind to, Hey, you know, one, the sport can be really stupid sometimes and the people running it can be even more stupid. So, you know, it's just a a case of you got to kind of be open to anything happening because, you know, this sometimes these things just don't make any sense, even though they might hand down some kind of punishment. With that in mind, do you think that Juventus is going to have a big transfer window in January just to kind of hedge their bets? (laughs) <laughs> no, I mean, no. I, I, I mean, it. I mean, I, I know I'm on a Fiorentina podcast. So I know what Juventus did last January. That was completely out of the blue. Juventus historically has done very little in January, and that was before they had, you know, of they're coming off of a fiscal year where they were posting a 254 million euro loss. So, you know, as we said with the with with last January, we had no idea where they got all that money from. Technically, we kind of do because business daddy in XOR supplied probably supplied all of that money. But, you know, it, I don't know, with all of this going on, Juventus going around and free spending and, you know, buying what, uh, what the Italian press thinks might be, you know, somebody like Sergio Milinkovic Savage for who God knows who knows, who knows how much Claudio Lotito wants. Yeah. I, I think that would be a pretty bad look but I'm not saying that they're going to do anything. I don't expect them to do anything, but yeah, it's uh, doing a lot on the transfer market in lieu of what's going on right now off the field is, is yeah, that would be pretty, (laughs) be pretty ballsy. Yeah. Bring some, bring some attention. Definitely. Yeah. Even more attention. Yeah. Unwanted attention at that point. Well, then speaking of that, unwanted attention or maybe very much wanted attention what what's the fan base largely feeling about this investigation do they think this is a like just unjust persecution everyone hates Juventus or is uh did Agnelli lose a lot of people with that uh Super League talk and people are kind of glad to see him go all of the above I mean as you can expect it's it's anything from Juventus are completely innocent they did nothing wrong to you know, holy crap, what the hell's about to come. I guess I kind of am in a way, holy crap, what's about to come because I mean, you, you don't exactly see these allegations often, 
even though there are probably a whole lot of other clubs doing these types of things or trying to, you know, knowing how much money is flowing through the sport at the moment, trying to make as, you know, as much profit as possible. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, you, you, you ask 10 people what they think Juventus did and you're probably going to get about 15 different answers. And, uh, I think especially kind of kind of like uh, Mike mentioned earlier about a, a possible transfer ban. Does that mean that Juve has to make the Champions League this year and get that that kind of money? Oh, yeah. Or, uh, yeah. yeah. Think so? I mean, they, they have they have they have, even before this, knowing that they're out of the Champions League this season. They had they have to make the Champions League um, just because their friend, the state of their their finances are is so so bleak. I mean, there's only as much as XOR is a multi-billion dollar company, there's only so many infusions of capital XOR can do to keep the ship afloat. Uh, you know, we, we've seen, um, you know, good players leave basically for financial reasons in the past. And, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think, you know, you, you say, you know, and sorry to the, the U S men's national teams fans out there, but you know, if, if Juventus sells Weston McKinney, okay, that's, you can understand that there's other good midfielders, but if they're potentially having to sell, you know, a certain guy from Serbia who wears number nine because of financial reasons, that's, that's not good. So yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, Champions League is always a must, but especially with what's going on financially these days, it's even more of a must. Yeah. Hey, hey Danny, you mentioned it earlier that, you know, there's there's other implications and other teams, you know, so there's there's quite a few teams that are involved in this uh, um, investigation from the, the buying, loaning, selling of players. Are there concerns that Juventus is also going to hurt their relationships with those clubs, maybe there's going to be somebody who's going to be willing to flip or testify or, you know, even more so from, from financially dealing with some of these clubs in the transfer market. Is there a concern that there's going to be a few clubs who just won't deal with business uh, with the Aventus at this point? I think there's, there's probably always that, always that fear. Um, I mean, you look at, you know, other clubs and in, in who have, you know, had these things, you know, you look at Napoli, not like Juventus does a whole lot of business with Napoli to begin with, but you know, they, you know, the Osaman deal, you look at the players that went the other way. I think a couple of them are playing in the lower divisions. One of them might not even be playing anymore. And then, you know, basically none, none of the guys they, they sent the other way to France really did anything at all. I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know if they made an appearance. I can't remember. So, I mean, there are, there are other clubs involved, certainly. Um, but yeah, I, in terms of relationships, I mean, you know, I, I've seen some interviews. It's like, you know, Serie A obviously needs Juventus because they're such a big name and a such a, you know, a club that draws attention. But um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it's, a, it's a very good question because I think there are, there are a whole lot of, you know, different kind of going back to what I was saying earlier. There's a lot of different layers to it because... Mm -hmm. You know, these clubs have such a long history at this point. It's like, okay, well, you know, 
how how much is you know Aurelio De Laurentiis burned by Juventus coming to get Gonzalo Higuain? So yeah, I don't know. It it's 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 tough. It's tough to really say if this would be the thing that burns a bridge because who knows that those bridges might already be burned. But then you look at clubs like you know Juventus and Sassuolo, they've got a great relationship. You know, other smaller clubs that Juventus loans a lot of younger players to. Yeah, I don't know if something like this would be the thing that truly rocks the boat with with either of them. Does the recent um, announcement that the Italian government is not going to be offsetting some of the taxes for some of these clubs, uh, is that another thing that's going to add some impact here financially, I'm sure? But is that another layer of concern? Probably. Yeah. I mean, it's always concern. As we were joking beforehand, it's the Italian judicial system. It's yeah. always you, you can never really, kind of like with Serie A refereeing, you can never really apply logic to it, can you? <laughs> not any games that we see. No, not at exactly. all. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I think that's probably about as much financial jiggery-pokery as we can take here uh, in one session. So let's go ahead and uh, turn away from Juventus, uh, desperately trying to unite this Brexit divide by getting uh, <laughs> Europe and Maratici uh back together uh cooperating with england to make that happen and uh That's right. and talk about how how juve looks for the rest of the year because uh man it started off pretty bad right and then all of a sudden not looking well, so bad is yeah is Max I mean, it, found the fountain of youth and he's a really good manager again what's going on here and, <laughs> uh he's found the fountain of youth mostly because he was forced to play young players because everybody else was injured uh, yeah, it was, I mean, the month of August, September, October were pretty, pretty brutal. And I mean, it, it's ironic that Juventus goes on a six game domestic winning streak. And not only does a world cup break arrive, which gives them what 50 something days to think about it. But then in the middle of all that, they get eliminated from the champions league. So it's not like everything was, was, you know, roses and fairy tales and all that good stuff. So, uh, unfortunately, I mean, the, the, you know, the Europa league is something that, you know, I, I know you, you, you enjoy Sergio's commentary on our podcast, Tito. Um, oh yeah. I, the Sergio has joked that the Europa league should be the goal for years, but now, uh, our, our resident agent of chaos is getting his wish and, you know, Juventus is, is in the Europa league, but yeah, I, I think, you know, thankfully this, this winning streak out of nowhere has, you know, because everybody else is dropping points right and left, has suddenly seen Juventus go into the top four when, man, they, I mean, it was it was brutal. I mean, we were, we were struggling to think about anything new to talk about because it's the same old, you know, drop points, terrible performance, uninspired play, you know, basically hoping that the, the injured guys, the long-term injuries would come the new year suddenly – help in some way um but now it's like okay well you know you got the world cup break injuries are still happening by the way that's why max allegri for the for the arsenal friendly that that went on earlier today had to call up about what felt like 35 youth players uh it's you know Kies is dealing with some muscle fatigue leonardo panucci's hurt i don't know how much that hurts or helps juventus at this point uh <laughs> obviously paul obviously paul pogba's Still not training with the team, which, I mean, we've we've had the Pogba Chronicles and written a lot about him, and he hasn't even played a game yet. 
and you know other you know Vlavic is dealing with an injury that he's had since before the World Cup. Other guys are injured. I mean, it's just a, a, a long list of of injuries, and that's before you account that you know half the half the squad was at the World Cup and playing these extra minutes while other guys were training for X amount of days. So yeah, it's I don't know what shape this team is going to be in when they start up in January, but uh, I'm awfully curious because they went into the World Cup break and really good, you know, playing well domestically. But I think, you know, I mean, you guys could say it about Fiorentina and pretty much everybody can say it. Well, who who the hell knows what what things are going to be like come uh, come the first week of January? Do you have any guesses? I mean, at this point, are you optimistic knowing that you sit fourth? Is that something where, you know, top four is probably success? But if you drop a couple uh, spots on the table, what, what is what is the typical Juve fan thinking at that point? Are, are they going to be happy knowing the circumstances? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I tend to I tend to be cautiously optimistic with these things. I know. Um, maybe other people on our podcast might be a little, <laughs> a little, uh, <laughs> more, uh, jumping to conclusions after 20 minutes of the first game back. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really just, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, it, it's hard. I know that's kind of a cop out, but I mean, it's just, we've never been, any of us have ever been in this situation before where you've got 50 days off in the middle of a season. So I don't know if that's going to help Juventus. I don't know if it's going to hurt them and all that, you know, all that goodwill that Max Allegri suddenly built up after everybody was coming for his head in October is going to continue or if it's just going to be kind of what we saw in September and October when, you know, they were struggling to even score a goal. I mean, I, I, uh, it's, it's hard to say because I mean, it, it, you know, we, we sit here, on uh you know a few days before christmas and it's like well shoot what what's this team going to look like in two weeks i i I don't know so so you personally if they sit fourth i assume you're going to be happy right they finish the season you're happy i think the, the main goal this year knowing that the champions league is out of the possibilities is to secure champions league for next year i mean they like we were saying earlier they need that money in the worst possible way. And that's the only way that you're going to try have a chance to try and get your team better because nobody's want to come to Juventus, a struggling Juventus side with a manager who doesn't exactly have modern tactics and play in the Europa league. So you need champions league first and foremost. And you know, if there's a Copa Italia run or something, Hey, that's fantastic. But I think at this point it's, maintain top four and whatever after that is, or whatever's on top of that is, 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 is good. And then speaking of, uh, of old Max too, I mean, <laughs> do you think a lot of this is uh, just based around like, I mean, are you sort of hoping that some of the bigger, more expensive players take longer to come back and he can keep playing the kids, which has really spurred Juventus into a bunch of wins. I don't, into winning a bunch of games. I don't think they would have won at the beginning of the season. Or yeah. do you think that uh, those guys are going to come back and, and uh, kind of disrupt all that momentum? Is that kind of what you're, what you're talking about with this? I think in a way. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, I would love for Federico Chiesa to come back and play like the Federico Chiesa of old, but at the same time, I don't want Federico Chiesa, excuse me, to come back and 
just have nagging injury after nagging injury and he's in and out of the lineup for the next four or five months. Paul Pogba, same thing. I mean, the, the, the last thing Juventus needs is for Paul Pogba to come back and then get hurt right away. And all of a sudden he's out for the rest of the year, which knowing how his injury luck has been this year, Hey, that's certainly a possibility. Uh, but there is, like you mentioned, there there are the young kids. There is the Nicolo, Nicolo Fagioli, who has been fantastic since he became a regular starter during Beans. the winning streaks. That's right, Nicky Beans. Uh, and, you know, obviously Fabio Moretti has been played in a role that he's not exactly accustomed to as kind of a false number 10, I guess. Kind of a, I don't know, maybe like a, Ten and a half in a way. I don't know, but um, yeah, it, the young kids have, and you know, more veteran players have said this. The young kids coming into the lineup have brought energy that the team desperately needed. And for Allegri to basically go back to the old reliables who might not exactly be reliable anymore, I think that's a fear that every everybody has because it's Max Allegri, and he does. What he does, he's very set in his ways. And, you know, when it comes to young players, Max Allegri doesn't exactly have the longest of leashes. So, yeah, I, I hope that we're sitting here, you know, a few months from now and Nicolo Fagioli is a regular starter because he deserves to be. And, you know, Fabio, Fabio Moretti is maybe not a regular starter, but getting consistent minutes. And, you know, the 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 kids are continuing to play a key role because in during this winning streak, they they have. Well, then I'm going to, I think that's pretty much it for us. Uh, I think, yeah, going to hope that you pull a Max Allegri and uh, outlast everyone at uh, BWRAO, uh, even after they uh, they get rid of everyone on the on the board at Vox, and you're just still swimming along, uh, giving some of the younger guys a chance. Still uh, still counting on uh, Chucks and Sam and some of the old reliables. Yeah. Give, give our best to everyone over there, by the way. Will but, do. Yeah, Danny, it was great to have you on. I mean, it was great to talk about all this. Going to be honest, this was mostly just an excuse to to hang out with Dom, who's yes. the uh, the real brains behind the operation we know. Yes, my new roommate. Yes. Yeah, dude is awesome. Uh, as as you you've probably been looking at him right here through through my my mic stand the entire time. Unrepentantly, yeah, just staring Sit, at him. Sitting, so sitting in the sun, doing what I wish I was doing the rest of the day. <laughs> well, hey, man, we'll we'll let you get to that. Uh, <laughs> unpleasant stuff you have to do where you'll be doing the opposite of sitting in the sun uh hanging out in the in a dark gymnasium that's right danny great to talk to you man thanks for coming by and we'll uh thanks guys appreciate it yeah viola station is hosted by mike and tito producer mike produced this episode our theme song is great catch by windchime weather check them out at windchimeweather.bandcamp.com viola station is the podcast from violanation.com Viola Nation is part of the SB Nation Network. Forza Viola. Sports Social Podcast Network.